As most of you are aware, this past week was April 1st, which is April Fool's Day. That's right. Anyone here prank someone else? Or maybe maybe you were pranked by someone? I've never I've never been one to really kind of go and, and prank someone else. I'm not I don't really do that. But I have been pranked before. And the one time that I was pranked that I clearly, vividly remember happened a couple of years back. I was at my law firm doing some work, and a bunch of my co-workers went out to the parking lot in the middle of the day and completely covered my car with sticky notes. Completely covered my car with sticky notes. And so then they said, hey, Matthew, can you drive us to lunch? So I kind of walked out, and boom, there it was. Completely covered in sticky notes. And we all had a good laugh, and it was funny, and then it started to rain. (laughs) And apparently, when the resin from the back of the sticky notes comes in contact with water, there's some sort of chemical reaction, and it becomes like super glue. Alright? So I, I went back inside, and I just laughed as they all frantically ran around in the pouring rain trying to get the sticky notes off of my car. So I had the last laugh, ultimately. But you know what? I took that car through I don't know how many car washes, and I could not get that glue off of my car. Finally, I had to go to a special shop that had this special solution that they mixed into the water that dissolved the glue from my car. And that that little episode has always been a reminder to me that the consequences of foolish behavior sticks with us (laughs) far longer than we would ever hope or anticipate. And we've been studying Proverbs here now and learning the wise words of Solomon and and learning how to live skillfully, to skillfully apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. And we've seen that wisdom warns us of the consequences of our foolishness. Unfortunately, fools refuse to heed the warning and choose to go about their life continuing to live in their foolishness. So, on this week of April Fools, the Lord put on the topic, on my heart, the topic of foolishness. So that we can be reminded of what Proverbs has to say about fools and foolish living, and to evaluate ourselves and look at those places where I may be the fool. Now, there are many, many different characteristics of fools that are highlighted throughout Proverbs, but instead of trying to cover them in, you know, kind of a broad stroke, we're just going to dive in to a couple of specific ones, and we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33, and as you turn there, I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your truth. I pray, Lord, that you would just fill me with your spirit, that my words would be your words. I pray, Lord, that you would also prepare our hearts to receive your truth, that we would learn to live wisely in this foolish world. Amen. 
So we're going to begin in verse 20 by looking at every fool's opportunity. The fool's opportunity. Starting in verse 20 we read, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates she speaks. Now, if we look at chapter 1 as a whole, we'll see in the first part of the chapter that Solomon is writing as a father speaking to his son, giving his son loving encouragement to follow the wise way of life. And then in verses 11 through 14, we get to hear what the call of the wicked looks like and how the wicked entice us to fall into their trap of living Immorally. And now, starting in verse 20, Solomon personifies wisdom as a woman. And this woman is calling out to the world to heed her wise and life-giving words. And this, this woman is a representation of wisdom. And wisdom, of course, starts with what? The fear of the Lord. And so really we can take this because it's, of course, inspired by God as a sort of speech to the world from the Lord, okay? And interestingly, the Hebrew word for wisdom here is in the plural. It's literally wisdoms in the Hebrew. I know wisdom, plural, is wisdom in the English, but in the Hebrew it would be with the S. And that means that this isn't just merely one simple teaching or, or one specific way of life. This is wisdom in all of her many facets and all of her many forms. It's it's the entire scope of what skillfully applying God's truth looks like on a very practical level. So this is Lady Wisdom, and she's speaking to us. And the first thing we notice is that the message of wisdom is available to everyone. It's, It's a very public message. Every single person has the opportunity to hear wisdom's call. I mean, look at verses 20 and 21. We see Lady Wisdom crying out in the streets, in the markets, and at the city gates. And and she's not just merely talking out loud to those who are kind of around her and within earshot. She's screaming out above the noise so that everyone can hear. And this wisdom isn't something that's only available to an exclusive few. Wisdom is available to everyone who would merely seek and listen to wisdom calling out to them. If we would just open up our ears, we would be able to hear Lady Wisdom calling out to us and be able to receive the message that she's screaming. The problem is... That we can get so locked into our way of thinking, we can get so locked into our little routine of life, that we ignore the clear warning that she gives us. How many of you are coffee drinkers? (coughs) Tea drinkers? Hot chocolate, perhaps? You ever see the warning on the lid that says what? Caution? Hot drink, or hot, hot beverage. Why do you think that's there? Because because so many people ignored the warning and burned themselves with the hot beverage that they were drinking. 
And, of course, the store selling the drink and the manufacturer of the little lid, they don't want to get sued, so they put that warning on there so that fools don't burn themselves, and even if they do, they're covered. In fact, there are warnings on just about everything nowadays, right? I mean, there's warnings all over the place, and yet, even with these warnings, people still ignore them and do foolish things. I mean, I read a warning on a chainsaw that said, caution, do not stop with your hand. (laughs) And I saw a warning on one of my kids' Superman costumes that said, warning, this cape will not actually allow you to fly. (laughs) And I read about a warning on an iron that said, caution, never use on clothes that are still on the body. Why did they put these warnings on all these products? Because people tried to do all of those things. There, there's warnings all over the place for us to see and to heed, and yet people still ignore them and bring great harm to themselves. Likewise, the warning of Lady Wisdom is being screamed out for all the world to hear, and ignoring it will lead to calamity. But wisdom's cry isn't only public, it's also being communicated with extreme urgency. There's an extreme urgency. Verses 20 and 21 describe wisdom crying out. And she's she's raising her voice high so that she can be heard. Wisdom's call is urgent because the consequences for failing to live wisely are so severe. In fact, the way she speaks is extremely unladylike, especially for Jewish culture. But you know what? Wisdom could care less about what others think. And wisdom just wants to be heard and followed, no matter what conventions Lady Wisdom has to overcome. She's going to speak her truth. And we begin to learn why wisdom is speaking so urgently when we see who she's speaking to. In verse 22, we see that wisdom is directly addressing the simple, the scoffers, and the fools. She's not speaking to those who have accepted the message. Lady Wisdom is speaking to those who, up to that point in time, have ignored her. Verse 22 says, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? This how long here really isn't a true question. It's it's actually more of an implied statement. Wisdom's wisdom's really saying, you know what? You've had long enough. You should have answered my call by now. I'm going to give you one final opportunity. Now you might be wondering, okay, well, who are the simples and the scoffers and the fools? Well, these are all terms that Scripture uses for people who are not skillfully applying the truth of Scripture to their lives. They've they've rejected the wisdom of God, they've rejected Jesus Christ, and they are living their own way. In Hebrew, simple literally means open. It's literally what simple means, and it refers to the young and naive who have yet to fully commit to wisdom's call. 
For those who gullibly believe anything they're told and are very easily led astray and deceived. The simple lack commitment. And they continually put off wisdom's call. Saying, you know what? I'll, I'll do that another day. I'll follow that one when it's convenient for me. And they go and they follow all the latest fads and politically correct standards that surround them. And they do this because they love not being committed to something. They love the perceived freedom that they have. They love being able to do what they want, when they want, how they want it. But you know what? That is foolish. And it ultimately leads to destruction. Those are the simple. Scoffers, on the other hand, are those who arrogantly reject wisdom and they mock those who pursue it. They think, they think they've got it all figured out. I, I know everything. I don't, I don't need any further instruction here. They're so full of themselves that they actually delight in mocking those who are following the wise path. That's a scoffer. And finally, we have the fools. Those people who love only themselves. And they stubbornly seek their own agenda based on their own understanding. They're all about them and my way. They hate godly knowledge, which in the Hebrew literally means that they utterly reject it, because it's outside their perspective. It's outside their ability to understand, and they refuse to take a step of faith. They're stubborn and stiff-necked and believe that their way is best. That's a fool. Wisdom is speaking to all three types of these people, and she's giving them one last chance to heed her call. She's not speaking to the innocent. She's speaking to the guilty. But this also applies to every single one of us who has put our faith in Jesus Christ, who have chosen the wise path, and yet still struggle with foolishness from time to time still struggle with falling back into those old patterns. And so wisdom calls out and says, stop living like a fool. And she asks us to heed her call. And we see wisdom's final offer in verse 23, where she says, if you turn at my reproof, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Wisdom offers one final call for repentance and turning from the path of foolishness. Notice, she's already offered her reproof. She's already given a warning to all the fools out there. She doesn't repeat that warning here. She doesn't give specifics of what her warning is. She merely asks them, to turn from their foolish ways, to repent and put their faith in someone other than themselves. There are no excuses. They have to make a choice. Either the path of the fool or the way of the wise. 
How many of you remember back in August of 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana? Hurricane Katrina, massive hurricane, Category 5, caused over $80 billion in damages and killed over 1,800 people. Now, on August 30th, the day after the hurricane hit, there were lots of rescue choppers flying out over New Orleans trying to save those caught in the rising floodwaters. And hundreds and hundreds of people were taken out of the city by helicopter. But amazingly, there were also hundreds of others who refused the help of the helicopters. They wanted to stay with their homes, stay with what they knew and what was comfortable to them, because they thought they would be strong enough to get through the storm. And tragically, many of these people died as the levees broke and New Orleans was covered in a flood. Taking the wise path is not always easy, but it is always right. And wisdom knows that following her instruction isn't easy. She knows it. In fact, wisdom knows that skillful living doesn't come naturally. Foolish living is what's natural to us. All she asks is that we make the choice to turn from our folly and seek her. So that we can begin the process of living wisely. And when fools turn to wisdom, look here, she promises to pour out her spirit on the foolish and make her words known to them. The spirit wisdom is referring to here is the Holy Spirit. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 10 through 14 would say, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. When we turn to wisdom, which as we know from Proverbs 9.10, one of our memory verses, begins with the fear of the Lord, we will receive the ability through the Holy Spirit to understand and discern spiritual truths. We'll now be able to turn from our foolish ways and live wisely in this foolish world. But not only will we receive the Holy Spirit, we'll also be able to understand the words of wisdom, which, which we can take broadly to mean all of Scripture. So we will be filled with the Spirit, and we will have now the ability to understand the Word of God. And we need to see how intertwined these two things are. One without the other doesn't work. <coughs> Lady Wisdom wants to give us both. 
We need the Spirit to be able to understand the Scripture, and the Scripture undergirding our lives without the Spirit is just knowledge. Having knowledge and understanding of Scripture is critical for wise living, and it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to understand it and live it out. They work together to empower us to live skillfully. That's why she promises both. And wisdom wants us to heed her call. Unfortunately, we see that most fools will remain opposed to wisdom despite her plea. And so now we turn to the fool's opposition. Verses 24 and 25 say, Because I have called and you refused to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. We'll continue that in a little bit. So, so immediately after we hear Lady Wisdom's final call to the foolish to accept her warnings, the response of the fool is made clear. They have rejected her yet again. Fools oppose wisdom's call. And we see here four ways, four characteristics in this passage. But before we look individually at each of those four ways that fools oppose wisdom, it's worth noting that each of these four verbs are all in the plural form. Meaning that this isn't just one foolish person who did these things. This is what all fools do. These are the characteristics of everyone who is foolish. And when we fall back into our foolishness, you can be sure that one of these things is present. This is the pattern of fools. Additionally, we also see that fools work together as a group. They feed on themselves and encourage one another in their foolishness so that it's harder for any single one of them to break out. They use peer pressure. And they use the standards of culture and tolerance to get you to keep living in your foolishness. The fool can't overcome the world that he's stuck in. <laughs> In fact, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So, how do fools oppose wisdom? Well, number one, we see that fools refuse to listen to Lady Wisdom's call. Fools refuse to accept any warning that they're headed down the wrong direction. Fools think they got it all figured out. And they don't need anyone else telling them what to do. Unless, of course, it's other fools who are going to confirm their foolishness. In 1986, two electrical engineers who were operating a power plant decided to play a little game. Try a little experiment. They wanted to see if they could keep the main turbine and the power plant running without any power actually going to it. And so they shut down all the power to the main turbine. In order to do that, they had to manually override six different power nodes. 
six different control valves. And every time they manually overrode one of those control nodes, there was a massive warning sign that went off that said, don't turn off the control nodes. Well, they turned them off, and they kept the turbine going for a while, but pretty soon it started to slow down, and it didn't vent the steam quickly enough, and the power plant began to heat up. And when they realized there was a problem, they couldn't turn the power back on quickly enough because they shut down all the valves. And guess what happened? It exploded. How many of you know which power plant I'm talking about? The nuclear power plant at Chernobyl. Which, until the Fukushima disaster a couple years ago, was the largest, most costly, and deadly industrial accident in history. Now, most warnings aren't going to be that dire. Most of us aren't going to be in danger of setting off a nuclear meltdown, right? But regardless of the severity of the warnings, we see that fools always have the same response. They refuse to listen, thinking they know better and that they can keep things under control. But secondly, we see that fools don't heed the outstretched hand of wisdom. Basically, fools refuse to be helped. They say, I got this. I don't need your help. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm tough enough. I'm skilled enough. I can handle this on my own. Fools hate to be helped and will refuse those who wish to help them because they refuse to be vulnerable and accept that they can't do everything on their own. They refuse to humble themselves. Thirdly, we see that fools ignore wisdom's counsel. Now, this is different than the first one. This is different than failing to heed a warning because in the Hebrew, the word counsel refers to advice for a specific situation and a specific set of circumstances. So, for example, when I was praying over whether to leave my career and become a pastor, I sought the wise counsel of godly people for that specific situation. In fact, I spoke at length about the decision with my dad. And we went over and over again, should I become a pastor? And he clearly counseled me not to become a pastor. It's true. You can ask him. However, Scripture makes very clear that we're to disregard, disregard the counsel of fools. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a pastor now. <laughs> still love my dad, and I still seek his counsel all the time. But, but had he given me godly counsel for that specific situation, and I were to have disregarded it, well then I would have been doing exactly what fools do when wisdom gives her advice in a specific situation. Fools ignore godly counsel. <coughs> and finally, number four, we see that fools will not accept wisdom's reproof. In other words, fools will never accept correction or take responsibility 
for their mistakes. Fools are never wrong in their own eyes. It's never their fault. And if someone offers discipline or correction, no matter how loving or gentle it may be, they won't accept it. They won't ever accept responsibility for their own mistakes. In fact, fools will gravitate away from those who will lovingly correct them because they don't want to stop living foolishly. They don't want to be corrected. Proverbs 15, 12 says, A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. So each of these four things here collectively tell us that fools are opposed to wisdom in all its many forms and facets. Not only will they reject wisdom for folly, but they will reject wisdom as folly. Fools don't pursue evil because they think it's evil. They follow the foolish path because in their minds, they think that they've got it all figured out. And they think the wise path is foolish. So we see that fools are opposed to wisdom. But now we continue on to verses 26 and 27, and we see that wisdom now opposes the fools. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Just as the scoffer and the fool rejected and mocked wisdom's call, so too will wisdom reject and mock the fool when their foolishness finally catches up with them. See, there, there is a point of no return. And you may be thinking, wow, that's, that's kind of harsh, Lady Wisdom. And yes, it, it may seem harsh, but the reality is that wisdom has given her warning over and over. She's cried out to the fools, and they had their opportunity to heed her call. But the foolish people refused time and time again. And now it's time to face the consequences of their headstrong, willful, and stiff-necked decisions. Lady fool, lady fool. Lady Wisdom will show them no pity. Do we have any Rocky Balboa fans here? How many of you remember Clubber Lang from Rocky III? Clubber Lang played by Mr. T. Maybe that'll jog your memory. And in Rocky III, Mr. T growled for the first time his very famous line, which you can all say with me. Ready? I pity the fool! Right? But, but Mr. T didn't actually have any pity on the fool that he was talking about. What he was really saying was that he had contempt for their foolishness, and he was about to give them a beatdown. That's what he was saying. He had no pity for the fool. He was mocking the fool, and he was preparing to give him a whooping. That's what Mr. T meant when he said, I pity the fool. Well, guess what? Lady Wisdom is the original Mr. T. She pities the fool 
who doesn't heed her call. Not in the sense that she has mercy on them or feels remorse for them. No, she, she has righteous contempt for their persistent foolishness and their rejection of the cross. She gave them warning after warning, and now when calamity finally strikes, she will stand opposed to them. Fools oppose Lady Wisdom, and once that end point is reached, Wisdom will oppose fools. And this leads us to the final section of our scripture today, where we see the fool's outcome. The fool's outcome. Verse 28 says, Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease with dread of disaster, without dread of disaster. Once fools make the decision to reject wisdom, their outcome is sealed. They will eat the fruit of their foolish ways, and that meal is painful and punishing. Verse 28 tells us that once that storm finally arrives, fools finally decide to seek out wisdom. But it's too late. Their opportunity is lost. And they'll be stuck with their foolish decision to pursue their own agenda and follow their own understanding and rely on their own strength. Lady Wisdom gave them opportunity after opportunity, and now that they're bearing the consequences of their opposition to her, she will show them no quarter. The time of mercy and compassion has come and gone. This isn't heartless. This is justice. The fool is getting everything he ever asked for. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite writers, he put it this way, There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, Thy will be done. And those to whom God says, Thy will be done. So why does the fool choose folly? Why does he reject and oppose wisdom? Well, we see that in verses 29 through 31, which really are the heart of this passage, and it gives us the answer. Fools are filled with pride, and they do not fear the Lord. What does Solomon tell us is the beginning of knowledge in Proverbs 1-7? Fear of the Lord. And what does chapter 9-10 tell us is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. At his heart... The fool is filled with pride and has no reverence, no awe, no respect, no honor, and no appreciation for the awesome and all-powerful God of the universe. The fool is his own God, and he will receive the just consequences 
of his self-worship. He will eat the fruit of his ways. This is why the Lord hates pride so much. Because it separates us from God, and it leads to destruction. Proverbs 16.18, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's why the Lord is seeking those who will humbly submit to him, fear the Lord, and heed the call of wisdom. This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Verse 32 tells us the outcome of fools. They'll be killed by their turning away from wisdom and their lack of the fear of the Lord. Their complacency and self-reliance would be their destruction. And in verse 33, it shows us the exact opposite. Whoever, meaning anyone and everyone, whoever heeds the call of wisdom, humbles themselves, and fears the Lord by putting their faith in Jesus Christ, will dwell in peace and have no fear of eternal disaster. Amen? Amen. And so, after hearing wisdom's call, we have to ask ourselves, Am I following the path of the fool, or am I heeding the call of Lady Wisdom? Am I living my life by my own power and my own understanding, unable to receive advice or correction, never taking responsibility for my own actions, rejecting everyone's help that's offered? Am I living by my own power and understanding with everything I do? Am I filled with pride and self-sufficiency? Thinking I don't need anyone or anything else. If that's you, if that's me, if we're resonating with any of these things, the good news is that it's not too late for any of us. Lady Wisdom is calling to us and urging us to turn from the path of foolishness and heed her call. Because just like those guys who put sticky notes all over my car, your foolishness will be fun for a little while, and you might have a laugh, but there's a storm coming. And once that storm hits, there's no way you'll be able to clean up your mess. The residue of your foolishness will stick with you no matter how hard you try to clean it off by your own power and your own understanding. And when that time comes, Lady Wisdom will stand by and laugh as you get soaked, frantically running around in the storm, unable to save yourself from the mess that you've got yourself into. But there is still hope. Because just as that special solution was finally able to wash away the glue from my car, so too can the blood of Jesus Christ wash away all of our foolishness. Amen? Amen. The blood of Jesus will cleanse us from our sins, from our foolishness, and can put us on the path to wise living. You see, wisdom is not just a way of life. 
Wisdom is the way to life. Amen? Amen. Because wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord always leads us straight to Jesus Christ. It kills our pride and allows us to humbly submit to the only one who can clean us from the consequences of our foolish sin. And if you're here today and have never put your faith in Christ, can I invite you to take the first step in living wisely by humbling yourself and putting your faith in the only one who can cleanse you from your foolishness? But most of us here have already put our faith in Christ. But you know what? We may still be holding on to an area of foolishness. Listen to Lady Wisdom. Heed her call. Let go of your foolishness. Hear her warning. Don't don't ignore it. Accept her outstretched hand. Heed her wise counsel and humbly accept her discipline and correction that when the storm comes, you may be counted with the wise and enjoy the eternal security and peace that's promised to those who fear the Lord and turn to Jesus Christ. Because if we don't turn from our foolishness, we will receive no pity. There will be no pity for the fool. So don't be a fool. Let's heed wisdom's call. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. And grow in the knowledge and wisdom of the Lord. Amen? Amen.